Welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, we have a young lady who is a psychotherapist, a spiritual counselor, and she brings an alternative to traditional medicine. And she also happens to be the daughter of one of my previous guests, Audrey Kay. It gives me honor to introduce to you, Ms. Latoya Kay. When did you know that you wanted to be a psychotherapist and a spiritual counselor? Um, so I went to psychotherapy when, well, I decided to go into psychotherapy after failing miserably at biology. Um, I started off wanting to be pre-med. So I like always knew that I wanted to help people, um, but I didn't know it was going to be to this capacity, like with their mental health. I was thinking more about helping people with their physical health. But um, I didn't do well in pre-med, and um, I always really enjoyed my psychology classes, and I had a background that was, um, you know, a pretty interesting background. I had a, a daughter when I was 16 years old, so I always had a passion for helping people who were going through situations, because I went through situations, and um, I wasn't treated very well by a lot of people, and so I was always a very compassionate person. So I knew I wanted to help people. And uh, my story kind of led me into psychology after I realized I wasn't going to be able to help people with their physical bodies. Because I was raised by a minister. My father's a minister and my mother's a Christian author and a playwright. Um, So I grew up in a home where um, we didn't go to church on a regular basis, but there was a lot of studying of the Bible and biblical principles and concepts. Um, So I grew up with a, a very strong knowledge and understanding of that. And okay. so um, I just kind of combined the two. And how long have you been in your field? I've been in the field for 10 years, but I took a break. I took a break. I probably took about a three or four year break. Um, just got burnt out, disenchanted by the, the whole system, just trying to do it the traditional way, the clinical psychology way. I wasn't making a lot of money, um, wasn't impacting people the way that I felt that I should And I just went away from it. So I'm recently back, I would say, within the last year and a half or so. And what drew you to come back? So I was bartending for a while. And I was never a good bartender. I was actually a pretty terrible bartender. (laughs) But one thing I was really good at was talking to people and communicating with them and just helping them work through their problems. So even though I deviated from what I see now as my calling, Um, During that time, even deviating from that, I was still being drawn towards that calling, even in the bar setting. So I would literally be sitting there talking to people about their problems and helping them work through different things. And really, they would come to to tears sometimes and not just because they were drunk. These weren't always drunk people. I worked at a hotel, so I had all different types of people, travelers and things like that. But I just found myself counseling people at the bar. And then I went on to management and I found myself not being a great manager either, but really counseling all of the people who worked under me. So I was like, you know, I need to get back to to what I was brought here to do. You brought up that you went a different route with medicine. So what are your alternative medicines that you do or advice that you give to your clients? So I don't necessarily believe in um, traditional clinical psychological principles. And what that looks like is this. Um, And in traditional clinical psychology, they believe that 
um, the things, the emotional issues that we have are a result of pathology, like, or, or trauma specifically, and that it can be addressed medically. It can be medically altered in some type of way. And then also just talk through in a very specific, like clinical, clinical way. I don't necessarily agree with that. I believe that all psychological problems that you have are directly linked to something that is spiritual that is happening within a person. And I think that in order to overcome these um, mental health issues, you have to first address the spiritual side of the person. Okay. Now, how do your colleagues feel about this, this theory? Oh, it, it is definitely not something that um, is, is widely accepted. Um, a lot of them think it's hocus pocus, non-scientific really believe in it because I, I tried the scientific approach and then I also tried the spiritual approach and I see people going through more positive changes when they address where they are spiritually. Now, just, just, you know, a caveat to that, there are people who have like severe mental disorders, like, you know, for example, you know, someone who's um, schizophrenic and they need medication, you know, so it's, it's different for people like that. But Really, my clients are more so people who are dealing with depression and anxiety and um, just stress and just different like, you know, day to day adjustment type problems. And a lot of that or like not being able to be in good relationships, things like that. And what I find is most of that, if not all of it, is a spiritual issue, not something that's medically going on with them. And how did your patients even find you? I um, took to Instagram. I've always been a person who is a huge fan of social media. Um, I've, I met my husband online back in the day on Black Planet, you know, so we're like pioneers. This was 15 years ago. <laughs> but I've always been a fan of social media and technology. So I started off just talking, you know, just making videos of myself, just explaining like just different ideas that would come to me about spiritual concepts after, as they related to psychology. Um, just posting on there, I was able to, I've been able to get several clients using that medium, but I was doing some coaching before then. So prior to then, prior to my becoming a vlogger, uh, which is just posting videos online, I was still able to get clients that way as well. But once I actually went on the, use Instagram as a platform and people were kind of getting to know me and getting free information and, and just testing it out themselves and seeing that it works, people contact me all the time. Okay. Now you told me how your colleagues feel about what you do. Now, how does your family, your, your preacher daddy yeah, and your, <laughs> and your minister mommy, how they feel about your, um, your choice? Uh, my parents are extremely supportive of what I do because most of it aligns with what I've been taught anyway. It's just packaged in a different way. I just feel like in these modern times, like people want these ancient or basic principles to, to feel different. They just want it presented in a different way. And that's what I'm able to do. So, you know, a lot of the ideas that I have or things that I teach are biblical but I don't present it as like, this is a biblical principle, follow this biblical principle. Um, even in terms of the wording, you know, people feel more comfortable with, with universe than they do with God, or they feel more comfortable with you using like spirit than, you know, than like demons or, you know, things like that. So it's just about kind of tweaking what I've already been taught. So they're mostly 
supportive. Um, but some of the concepts for them are just like too radical. And, you know, to them, it does not align with biblical principles. When you're talking about like traditional church and spirituality, how do you define those things with people? I, I think that, um, you know, I, I feel like people define that for themselves. You know, you meet more and more people these days who say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. People just feel more comfortable with that. And I, I think it really just depends on what that person's perspective is. But I, what the general consensus is that when you're not religious, you're not necessarily attending a church. You're not necessarily led by a particular person, a preacher, a pastor, a minister. You're not necessarily referring to the King James Version of the, the Bible in order to get your information about God. Um, you're um, employing some non-traditional techniques, if you will, to address issues that you feel are spiritual. Um, so it's just about kind of moving away from what is traditional and kind of doing it on your own and figuring it out your way and spiritual people find something that works for them. That's comfortable, comfortable, comfortable for them where they fit in and they do it that way. I guess what I want to get clear to everybody, you're not saying you don't have a faith base because I know a lot of people will listen to this and they would say, Oh, well then she doesn't believe in God or she doesn't believe in what she was taught. You're not saying that, right? Right. You're just saying that, that you're just in a different way of what you were taught. You're looking at it from a new light, a new perspective. Absolutely. You know, in the Bible, it says study to show thyself, thyself approved. And mm -hmm. I study, I, I study um, Christian principles. I study Buddhism. I study Hinduism. I study all of those principles. And I do believe in God, but mm -hmm. it's just more of a, a, a modern take on it. So you can't package it as completely Christian. You can't package it as Buddhist. You can't package it as anything. It's really just being connected with a higher power and just aligning myself with those those um, scriptures or principles or ideas that resonate with me spiritually and that make my life easier and, and keep me mentally healthy. Now, what about your husband? Where is he at in all this? Where does he fit in? Oh, he he's he's down with it. Um, he totally supports me. I introduce him to a lot of really cool things. I send him videos all the time. And I feel like I've been really influential in his life in terms of just adjusting um, his previously very traditional view of the church as well. He grew up in Iowa in the Midwest, um, just mm -hmm. very like traditional view of you, you get up, you go to Sunday school, you go to church and, you know, you have the Bible and that's it. My parents, even though they were tra traditional, we had books like that in our homes. My mm -hmm. parents studied because they want to have a well-rounded understanding of it. It's just I attached to certain principles that they may not have attached to. So I've helped my husband to open his mind. Now, what does your parents say about that? I mean, because they can't knock you for something that they had in the house. Right. I think that's why they're mostly supportive. Um, they know that I am extremely intellectual. Like that's just, just where it, everything in my life comes from. It comes from a place of like intellect and not even on purpose or like in a pretentious way. It's just, I've always been a, like a really deep thinker. So I think mm -hmm. that they appreciate that about me, that I actually go and I study and at least I have something to back up 
what I'm believing. I'm not just out here just spouting off um, different ideas that just come to me. It's like, no, they're informed. Okay, I do have a question for you. When you reached out to me, what made you want to get on my show? Because I know that my the name of my show is controversial by itself. Uh-huh. So what made you want to get on my show? First of all, I love the name of your show. Completely identify with that. I, I get it. I feel like a worldly church girl in a lot of ways. I, I know what that feels like to to um to love God and to to be um deeply spiritual but not fit in. So when I saw the name, actually my mother introduced me to it first. She was like, she's gonna be on this podcast. I'm like, oh that's a super cool name. I loved it. And then I listened to her interviews and other interviews. And I just like that you're offering people a different perspective because they need it. Because I think that that lack of fluidity in religion is what is making so many people just just deviate so far away from it. And you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You can still be religious, you know, or um, be a spiritual person, but you don't have to do it in a traditional way. So I right. feel like the platform is a, was a good place for me to kind of discuss that. And it is. And thank you. <laughs> Super cool name. I love it. I've actually had somebody send me a negative comment on Instagram about my name. Mm. Yeah. I was like, well, I might as well get ready for it because I know it's come. I mean, I know there's more to come, but I just wasn't ready for it at the time I saw it. I was like, well, dang. Absolutely. But within that same week, though, somebody asked me, but they asked me in a different way. So I explained to that person what it meant and she got it. So I'm glad you, I didn't have to explain anything to you. No, about you it. don't. And guess what? Sometimes you'll explain it to people and they won't get it. And then that's not your problem. That's not your audience because there's people who look at what I do and, and mm-hmm. they don't like it and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just kind of had to get some tough skin about it. I was like, well, it is what it is. But well, it is kind of hard, especially when you put yourself out there. It takes a lot of courage and being mm-hmm. vulnerable to to step up on platforms like we're doing mm-hmm. and, and let the world know how we really think. You know, right. so it's hard when people are critical. But I just always bring myself back to the center, you know, by just reminding myself, like, you know, there are people that God has for you that need to hear right. your message and they will follow you and they will understand it. And the people who don't need it or aren't supposed to be a part of it won't. They, they won't follow you. They're not your audience. Right. And you really have it a little harder than I do, to be honest, with your mom in the platform she's in. Yeah. She's over here and you're over here. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that there's a spiritual warfare, not necessarily between the two of you, but uh-huh. those that are in between the two of you yes. want to know from her, why is your daughter talking like this? And then from you, why is your mom on this end? Yes. I, I'm sure that happens. Um, you know, it, it really hasn't. Um, I, I honestly have not experienced that yet. And I don't know if it's just because I just do my thing and just completely ignore people. But like mm-hmm. from my perspective, I feel like it aligns in a lot of ways. Like most of what I speak about and what I do, I was taught and I just put a different spin on it or I I made it bigger or I really like you know dug my heels into a particular concept Mm -hmm. but like I said we had all types of book books in our homes um my mother believes in astrology a a lot of Christian people do not believe in astrology they think that it's evil um she's not that way 
Uh, my mother loves art and people being expressive in the way that they dress and the way that they carry themselves. You know, so it really lines up with what I was taught. So I haven't experienced anything, but you, who I, she might have. But people don't really come for her. My mother is a beast, so they know better. Yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she is. They know and, and for those who don't know who we're talking about, go back a few episodes back to Audrey K, and that would be who we are talking about. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yep, my mom. Now, how's your daughter? How's she doing? So I have three daughters now. My oldest daughter, who I had at the age of sixteen, she's twenty-one years old. And she goes to UGA, attends UGA. She's a Gate Scholar, which means that she has a free education through her PhD. And she's brilliant and sweet and kind. And, you know, she and I have a a great relationship with one another. And she's spiritual as well. And she goes, you know, some of the things that she believes in, I don't necessarily believe in, you know, because she's really with the millennials with all the, you know, they're more so like into tarot and just like trying to like kind of control and manipulate situations Mm -hmm. like I understand tarot I'm able to do tarot but I don't believe in utilizing that tool um, excessively you know Mm -hmm. so she had a different spin and perspective on it as well but you know just from a a, that younger generation is a lot more um, what's like experimental than we are I'm going back to your original statement of how when you were working as a bartender and when you was a manager and how people gravitated to you to, to tell you about their, their life and how um, social media also was a huge platform for you to uh, have people come to you. Do you ever feel that because of that gift that you are bringing people closer to God, they probably never would have got that relationship with him if it wasn't through you? I I truly do. Um, I feel like my message is strong and I feel like I know that my message is divinely inspired. Sometimes I'll have um, do a talk and I'll listen to it and it will give me chills to hear it. It's almost like it wasn't even coming from me. So I know that it's divinely inspired. I know that it's not about me. But I have literally had people reach out to me. Um, I had one young, young lady reach out to me and tell me that my words stopped her from harming herself and committing mm. suicide. And mm. that blew my mind because it's just like, I, I would have, I, I just didn't see myself as like that impactful in people's lives. Like I'm just doing like little two, three minute videos, you know, but she shared that with me that my words really helped her and inspired her. And I think that people seeing me as a younger person you know, that is non-judgmental. That is, you know, more modern and cool and kind of living her life, a good life and peaceful. People kind of say, okay, well, I wouldn't mind being like that. I wouldn't mind my life being that way. You know, it doesn't feel so restrictive. And I just mm-hmm. think that it, it, it breaks down. Um, it eliminates a lot of resistance that people who are a little bit more traditional have to overcome. But the traditional people don't have the resistance that I have to overcome for the people who are traditional. I know for a fact that God is working through me because he called me to this platform to speak about what I speak about. And um, really nothing else worked for me. <laughs> nothing. Like I said, I wasn't. You tried thing. it. <laughs> I tried a lot of different things for years. And my being in the bar, now that was controversial. That was definitely controversial. My, my parents were on me about that. They didn't like that at all. And, I bet. Uh, 
people would talk about that for real for real that was pretty crazy <laughs> um you know but you live and you learn and you know I learned mm-hmm. a lot about myself and people and and actually about spirituality by seeing people in a state like that on a regular basis and seeing how they would leave their bodies like I'm, I'm seeing people leave their bodies I'm seeing mm-hmm. them driven by some force that is not them. I'm seeing this on a regular basis. I did it for five years. Mm -hmm. So it really deepened my understanding of that world. You know, it just also just brought me closer to God myself because it's like you get done with, you know, because part of the bartending lifestyle is to party yourself. That's just Mm -hmm. part of it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I was just up in there just preaching and, you know, drinking holy water behind the bar the whole time. (laughs) <laughs> you know, there's a lifestyle that's associated with it. Right. I was a part of that lifestyle. But being mm-hmm. a part of that showed me what I, I didn't want for my my life. You know, I missed out a, on a lot of that, the partying and all of that, because I had a child when I was young. You know, so I was a little bit delayed in that way. But I feel like if I hadn't had those experiences, that would still seem so like um, I would be curious about that. Mm-hmm. And now I don't have any curiosity about that lifestyle because I was deeply immersed in it for a while. I understand that completely because growing up as a church kid, as you know, you really don't do those things like everybody because you're not allowed to do those things that everyone exactly. else is doing. And when you get a little taste of it, you kind of lose your mind a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of addictive. <laughs> and. At, but at, at the same time, in the back of your head, you're like, you know, God doggone well, you ain't got no business in here. But yes, but you're like, but this is a, this is a blast, though. <laughs> I I can't even lie. I still like a good time here and there. I have a great yeah. time, you know. But but for sure, you always come back to that foundation. You know, mm-hmm. when you have a strong foundation, mm-hmm. you know, praying parents, you can only go so far. Mm-hmm. It just is not even comfortable or it doesn't work or I mean, right. it, it just it, it just doesn't work out for you. Because if it were up to me, I know bartenders who were making seventy thousand dollars a year, mm. just having a good old time, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year. And they're basically kicking it every night and meeting people from all over the world and celebrities mm-hmm. and and if it were up to me five years ago, I would have been one of those people. But mm-hmm. God never allowed me to get good enough at it. I could barely even remember recipes. I'm up there like, uh, but I'm nice. You know, your drink might not be good, but I'm really nice. <laughs> so Let me listen to out. you. <laughs> <laughs> just talk to me. Don't worry about the drink. Just talk to me. You know, but it, but but that, I believe, was because of the prayers of my parents. You know, they they knew that that was not for me and it just did not work out they didn't have to come down here and physically stop me from doing it you know nothing dramatic had to happen it's just like as it's as simple as you're not good at this and every day I go I feel like an idiot and you get tired of feeling stupid it's like I have a master's degree I Mm -hmm. am a, a educated smart person why do I feel stupid every day and you just get enough of that but it's because that's that's not what God had for me he didn't want me there and so it didn't Mm -hmm. work out do you think you would be doing and this is kind of a weird question to ask you after the conversation we just had but do you think you would be doing anything else besides what you do now like no matter what I think I would have been a healer in some way 
if I had it to do all over again, I would have applied myself um, uh, and been a little bit more diligent about doing well so that I could be a physician. And I still believe that as a medical doctor, I still would have started leaning more towards spirituality as a way of healing the physical body. I think I always would have come back to this, but it definitely would have been in the, the healing profession, healing, helping profession. Now, what part of the medical field do you think you would have been drawn to? I want to work with women. You know, I thought I wanted to deliver babies back when I was pre-med. That's what I wanted to do because I wanted to work with, you know, people like me. When I when I had my child when I was young, it was not a great experience for me. Um, people weren't very kind to a young girl coming in and having a baby, you know, and I wanted to change that. And then once I realized that, okay, I wasn't going to be a doctor, my first job out of of um, graduate school was working with pregnant and parenting teens who Mm. were wards of the state. And I had clients that were as young as 11 years old who were parenting. It it was, I was just, I was in my element. I was in my element. I loved working with those girls. I I understood them, you know, because there is so much prejudice against a young mother. It's like people treat you like, because you have a baby, suddenly your brain changes. It's like, you're a mother, but you still have a brain of a 12 year old or a 13 year old or 14 year old. And your best is not going to look like the best that a 25 year old or a 30 year old can do. And then when it comes down to it, it's a lot of 25, 30 year olds who are terrible parents, you know, so it's not the age necessarily, but people automatically right. assume that you're going to be a bad parent. So I saw some of the best mothers that I've ever seen in my life um, who were teen mothers and I loved working with them. But what I didn't mm-hmm. love was the system. I didn't like that. I felt like they set them up for failure. I didn't like that, you know, because they felt like these girls were a risk that they basically were just kind of waiting, you know, in the shadows to just take their children away from them. Like, you know, just report, okay, they do anything wrong, report it. And then we're going to come and take them. And then they take their babies from them and put them in a system that's broken where the children are hurt even worse once they're in foster care. I, I didn't like being a part of that. So I loved mm. working with the girls, but I did not like being a part of the system um, and I, I couldn't do it, you know, and mm. that that's still the, the population that lean towards me the most, you know, but I try to keep it neutral because I want to be able to touch and affect change in, in everyone's lives. I don't want to be just pigeonholed as the, 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 the person who works with women because there's mm-hmm. so many women out there who are targeting their work towards women. We have that. If you need somebody who just works with women, we, we have that. That's available to you. It's millions of people. But mm-hmm. I just want to be able to touch people in general because all people are hurting and all people need ways to cope and learn how to feel better and, and, and not feel that pain. And it, you don't just have to be a woman to have gone through some terrible things. Now, have you ever thought about writing a book? Yeah, yeah. I actually have written a book. Um, it just hasn't been formatted yet and published or anything but mm-hmm. I, I plan on having that out by the end of the year and the book is going to be on nature therapy so just using therapy as a way to I'm sorry using nature as a way to um, maintain or improve your mental health are you going to self-publish or are you, you going to already found someone to publish it for I, you I, I think I'm a self-publish my okay. mother, I've kind of taken her lead on this. She's written and published several books. This will be my first book, so she's going to be helping me with, helping me with this. So I think that I'm going to just go ahead and self-publish it. Yeah, and I saw your um, 
your clip. Let's look at her glowing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. I'm, I'm going back to the gym because she motivated me. <laughs> you should come down to Georgia and climb the mountain with me. Do some Girl. hiking. Do some hike. It's beautiful. Like, honestly, if you're ever here, like, I definitely want to go do that with you. You'll love it. Okay. I'll, I'll pick you up on that. Yes. Get the hubby out there. Now, he's more of an outdoorsman than I am. He but... is. My my husband, he's, oh, you, your husband. Your mm-hmm. husband. Oh, my, okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. He's he's the outdoorsman more than I am. Well, that's good. Yeah. You so... got to take his lead on that then. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. You know, I'm trying. I uh, did some yard work today, this morning. And I text him. I was like, I was attacked by bees. I was like, I can't. I just stopped. Everything outside. I can't. (laughs) I am such a huge advocate of being outside and just being in nature. I feel like that heals most of our ills. I feel like it, it, it brings us the closest to our spiritual selves that we can be is being in nature because nature is pure. It's like pure spirit. As much as I don't like being outside like that, but I love to cut grass. Good. Because, I mean, it just, I put my little earbuds in. I either listen to my Audible or I listen to some good music and yeah. let it ride. But it's the, I'm just not a bug person, girl. I'm just Yeah. You know, but whatever it takes to get you outside. All right. You ready for your last question, lady? Yes. I think okay. I know what you're going to say. I'm trying to remember. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> If, <laughs> if you could walk into a room right. and have any theme song be your song, what would it be and why? Okay, so my song would be, it's an old school Christina Aguilera song, and it's mm-hmm. called Singing My Song or Keep Singing My Song. And the reason that I love that song. I've loved it since I was about 19 years old when it came out. I was about 19 or 20. Um, it just speaks to like your inner peace and maintaining that. And even the, in the chorus, she says, you know, you can take anything from me, but you can't take my inner peace. And that's what my life is all about. It's about maintaining that inner peace, no matter what's going on around me, you know, the world is crumbling, no matter what diagnosis a person might get, you have the power to maintain that inner peace and hold on to that. Nobody can take that from you unless you give it to them. So that's the way I live my life. Amen. Yeah, I see why people come to you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm glad we did this. I am too. I'm really glad we did this. And I definitely want to have you back on. Well, whenever I get mentally prepared to do a live feed with you, I'll do that. I would like to have you like reoccurring too. That would be awesome. I would love that. I promise you, I was not the person who wanted to be in front of a camera at all. Maybe about a year and a half ago. And I have some videos that are terrible um, that I refuse to delete. (laughs) You know, just to to remind myself of where I came from, like the message was good, but I was looking crazy and uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, but like the more you do it, the easier it will be. Mm -hmm. I need to do lives more often because it is nerve wracking. But, you know, I know people who do lives once a week and now it's nothing for them. Mm -hmm. And they started off when I started off, but, you know, I've fallen off from the lives, so I'm not as comfortable anymore. But it's just about practice. And I can't, I can't even tell you how many times I hit the Instagram live and turn it right back off. Oh man. 
Gotta I'm just like, it. I can't do it. You got to I'll, I'll, I'll try. That's where I'll it's try. at. That's where it's at. That, that's where you're going to get, like, most of the people, like, exposed to your content is mm-hmm. on those live feeds. They're important. Yeah. I'm going to work on it. I'll get people there. People are so visual now. You know, people like podcasts, but people like to see you. They want to know. Uh-huh to them so they can decide whether or not they're going to believe no. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got none of your business what I look like. <laughs> exactly. I hear you. Tell the audience how they can get in contact with you. So you can find me on Instagram and YouTube. The page is blackgirl.yogabody It's spelled B-L-K-G-I-R-L dot yoga body. Um, that's where you can find all of my videos and my vlog. And then I'm also on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook under the name Latoya K. And K is spelled out K-A-Y. And um, really, I'm, I'm very accessible. If you have any questions or you want to work with me, just go ahead and hit my DM or my private message and I definitely will get back with you. Okay. And do you have an email address? Yes, you can email me at contact at latoyak.com and you can also find information on me on my website latoyak.com okay wonderful good i'm pretty Yay. sure i'm gonna take that out because that was all gurgly i don't know what that was <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you working hard girl how many girl. kids do you have because i know you have older oh you have four how old are they oh let's see 27 26 20 and one's turn 19 today oh my gosh congratulations mom thank you yeah it's busy 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 lady but um busy house and then my husband he's a lineman so that's why i said he's the outdoorsman Mm -hmm. so he builds power lines oh wow uh, basically we met online too we met on, on a dating site which one uh black people meet Okay. Okay. Spin off of Black Planet. That's all that is, right? Pretty much. (laughs) And I was like, I'm gonna be here for three weeks, Lord. If if ain't nobody on here, I'm gone. This I'm going one pay cycle because these people are nuts. Yeah. (laughs) And um and um right now he is on dialysis. So but he's doing really well. Um energy levels shot up. So we just watch what we eat and keep active and yeah. keep living. So, but yeah. he's doing well. So we're just waiting for a kidney. Okay. That's good. I'll be praying for y'all. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, that's it. Tough. That's really tough. When we met, he told me that he was stage, stage three when we met for kidney failure. So, mm. so, um, we met in 2017, got married in 18. So it, it, it progressed really quick. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. Yeah. But God is still able. He's he's gonna be all right. And like I said, that's, his energy level is nuts. Since he yeah. started dialysis, it's it's bananas. That's I'm good. Like, like okay, that's a blessing. That is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Compared to the other patients that are in there, because a lot of them come out tired and defeated, and he come yeah. out like he's just ready to go. Let's yeah. do some. Let's do some things. I'm like okay. That's right. good. You also try meditating. I'm, uh, we didn't talk about that. That's like a huge part of what I um, encourage my clients to do. Okay. To meditate. Meditate. Meditating will heal your mind and your body. 
you can just start off with like 10 minutes, 15 minutes and just work your way up. But um, it's, it's like it's a deeply like healing practice. It just gives your cell the chance to rejuvenate themselves or regenerate themselves. So mm-hmm. I would definitely uh, recommend that, especially, you know, beyond like the, the physical healing, like it's just a very stressful time. So mm-hmm. that that would be a, a good thing to try. Yeah. What what Thank led you, you to this, to creating this podcast? Well, besides your life experiences. Um, initially started with, I wanted to write a book. I've been wanting to write a book for years, but never really had the time or the means because I was a single mom. Mm-hmm. And when my husband and I met and we got married, he told me I didn't have to work, that I can just pursue my dream. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start writing this book. So I started writing the book, which is called Worldly Church Girl, which is based off my life, teenage and up. And um, I needed a platform. And it's, my platform initially started with uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't feeling it. It was okay, but I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. And I was like, well, let me do podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's under the same name same genre because i'm like there's a lot of people out there that's like me yes like that's right in the middle yes and next thing i knew i started telling people i just i start asking people like uh LinkedIn, you know tell them about the podcast and ask if they wanted to be in it or on it and they were like yeah and they all had the same story and then i knew musicians that grew up in the church but are still in the church but they do r&b and mm-hmm. I asked them if they wanted to do it. They said, yeah. And then my real dear friend, and we grew up in the same church. He was at, I, you may have listened to the show, Demetrius. Um, I, I think I've, I've seen that one. I've only seen women. Okay. Yeah. Well, Demi, he's like the third one, I think. He okay. was actually on a Nutty Professor soundtrack. Okay. And the stories he tells from that world is bananas. Wow. But he had to leave because of his church background because it just disturbed him too much. But that's basically how the podcast started. It just, it started off being a platform for a book and then the podcast ended up taking over and my book kind of got, you know, in so many words got put on the shelf. Mm -hmm. So I told my husband that when I get to episode 20, I'm going to take a break. Okay. What episode are you on now? Um, I'm on episode, well, the episode that's airing right now is 14, but I already have 15 and 16 already scheduled to air. Wow. So you'll be, so you'll be episode 17. Okay. So which would be October 21st. Okay, cool. That's when yours go out. Killing the game. Wow. You're like, you got a lot of momentum going. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm almost scared to put it on pause, but I'm like, at the same time, I, I really need to get this book out because yeah. I had, because I um, pitched my book to three agents and all three of them wanted it. Mm. And this was like three months ago. Wow. Okay. And I have not sent them anything, mm. but, and all three of them wanted me to also send them, well, one of them mainly wanted me to send them the podcast too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, you know what, actually this would be great. My, so my goal is to get the book done and sent to them by Christmas. Yeah. So and it can be done. I'm I'm pretty Absolutely. deep into it already, and since it's my story, it won't be that hard to tell. Yeah. It's just, 
editing is probably the worst part of it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's my book. Like I said, it's not formatted yet. I gotta go through that thing and edit it and you know, just yeah, it's a beast. Girl, because I won't even lie, when I when I pitched my book, I actually deleted my book that same day. Cause I didn't like it. Oh wow. I, I didn't like the way it was going. And so when I pitched it, it was purely just me just tell them a particular story that I went through and they wanted it. I mean, that part is in the book as, cause I read, I started rewriting it, but it's like, man, I'm literally pitching something that doesn't exist. I told them it's not a Christian book. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to look at it that way. Cause I know the word church is in there, mm-hmm. but it's about a girl who is battling that urban world and that church world trying to find herself. Yes. And there's a lot of things that I went through in my life that are not G rated. Yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's so, awesome. And I think that's what sold them. I said, this can't be put on the Christian shelf because it will burn it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got to tell the, the whole story. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way. That's why I said it, that, that, name it 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 made it resonated with me because like I get it like Mm -hmm. I get it I am have been that person in a a lot of areas of the worldly church girl you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'm still like that you know it's just Mm -hmm. you know so I understand how it's difficult to kind of find that balance sometimes Mm -hmm. and And sometimes Mm -hmm. and that was the hardest thing for me to find was a balance to find a balanced life Mm -hmm. because it's a constant battle of, okay, this is how I was raised, but this is what everybody else is doing. Right. But this is what I want to do. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Just like you see, I got a whole tattoo sleeve. mm -hmm. My mother could barely talk to me. She would barely talk to me for, she was so like, when I got my nose pierced, it was like, Mm -hmm. why would you do that? Like mutilate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> why would you mutilate mm-hmm. yourself like that they were so disappointed and with yeah. the tattoos they were so disappointed you mm-hmm. know but for me it was just like artistic expression and it's just like I right. struggle with it and I'm just like I, I can't you know God can't like I can't go to hell for this I don't I don't right think. right that don't make any sense yeah it's so tiny. It's like, tiny. yeah it's like tattoos like you know when mm-hmm. people don't take care of their do people go to hell for anything you do to your body if you eat too much mcdonald's do you go to hell or you know like how, how does it work right you know, but i but i understand that because it's just mm-hmm. like you know and and being in environments with my parents you know that are around church people them just seeing that you mm-hmm. know it's kind of like calls for pause sometimes you know but god knows my heart no. that's right because uh, you know growing up in a strict Pentecostal church and then I would come in there with blue highlights, red highlights and thigh high boots and have piercing on this side and all that and singing in a choir and I could see the stairs. I'm like, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So did. I can't believe you deleted the book. Well, I didn't like the way I didn't feel it. It just it didn't feel organic. It felt very plastic. It felt like everybody else's book. It felt yeah. like it was oh, something I've read before or heard before, and I'm like, that's this isn't me. 
and I wanted it to be me. Mm-hmm. So the book that I've started now, I'm on chapter four now, it's me. Okay, good. And it feels more natural, more organic. So I'm like, yeah. this is how this book was supposed to go the first time. Yeah. So I don't think that first draft would have went anywhere. They would have looked at that and be like, absolutely not. Mm, just new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, look, there's a program on my uh, computer where you can have the words read back to you. The first book, I had it read back to me and I closed my eyes. I'm like, this is a snoozer. I'm not, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I closed my eyes I was falling asleep on my own book. I'm like, what in the Sam Hill is this mess? I'm like, oh, I can't. I'm like, nope, 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 delete. <laughs> I, I took a deep breath and I was like, ugh, you're gone. You're out of here. So yeah. this one, the first chapter, I did the same thing. I'm like, man, this is pretty good. Yeah. You have to be excited about your work. Yeah. And you have to be excited about it. Like I said, there are some videos of mine that I've went back and I've watched. And I'm like, oh, girl, yes. Say that. That was, yeah. Like, get chills. <laughs> Not you know? say that. <laughs> <laughs> get chills. You know, and you, you have to feel like that about your work. You know, mm-hmm. and, and if you feel like that about it, it'll touch other people in that way. Right. And this is kind of off topic, but not really. What I don't understand about that judgment that you find a lot of times, like in the church, is like, how are you being Christ-like at all? Like Jesus was a super cool dude who hung out with everybody. (laughs) Like he liked the people. Bronx. Yes. He didn't even hang out at the church. He hung out on the street. Yes. Yeah. But you go into a church and you get eyeballed instantly, instantly for what you got and on, that, that's what not you look what like. Jesus no. was about it all. He was like a really like, I feel like if Jesus, you know, were, you know, around now, like I could be like, hang out with him. I think me and Jesus would be real cool. Uh, like, cause that's the way I see it. He just seems like just such a super right cool guy, you know, who, you know, was grounded in his faith, you know, but who loved the people who loved mm-hmm. all people and you know so i don't i don't, I don't understand his I first understand miracle that. was turning water into wine right you yeah. can't get you can't get no more relaxed than that you can't so so where do all these rules come from you know man, these are like, they're man-made they're exactly, man-made they're exactly. man-made they're not scripturally based they're just ma- well they take one part of the scripture and then they stretch it out to this man-made rule yeah I mean, those were things that I used to have problems with. And they were like, you can't cut your hair and you can't do this and you can't wear makeup and you can't wear too many jewelry and your earrings are too big. I'm like, we're just going to have all kinds of issues because I'm doing all these things. Yeah. And then, you, <laughs> and then you do all that and it's still not good enough. You still might go to hell because you might, you know, say the wrong thing or mm-hmm. it looked the wrong way or, you know, make a I mistake. I didn't agree with the right person or right. I didn't disagree with the right person. You're right. Yeah. And it's still a bunch of man-made stuff, man-made mm-hmm. stuff. And you're not the right click and church is full of clicks. Oh, just yeah. Put it out there. Oh, yeah. They just are. And I, I, it's always funny because I always like sat alone in church. I never sat like with cliques. Yeah. Like I was, I just wasn't that person. And what cracks me up, my children are the same way. They sit with me and that always cracks me up. I, yeah. I'm like, 
you know, when I was little, I used to sit in teenage, I sat with my best friend in church. But when I got older, I always sat by myself because I just was like, I'm not, I can't deal with all that mess. But yeah. my children, I'm like, y'all don't never sit with the kids y'all age. And they be like, nah. Yeah. Uh-uh. We'll sit yeah. here. I'm like, y'all so weird. <laughs> I ain't no way I would have sat with my mama in church. I tried my best not to do that, but Me too. That that's the way that's where my kids are too. Mm-hmm. That's where they are with me. They yeah. love spending time and being yeah. around. Yeah, they love it. They love it. It, it cracks me up, you know. Yeah. They were like, You coming up to my school? I'm like You know, when they were in high school, I'm like, Really? <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, um, for lunch. I'm like, really? Yes, yes. Like, I'm a substitute teacher. That's what I do. Besides my vlogging, like to supplement my income, I'll substitute teach. And mm-hmm. my daughters love for me to come to their school and be specifically like in their classroom and be their substitute teacher. Like, I Isn't love that crazy. That. I love that. I love, I love it, that. but it's still crazy because it is. I just know, not my mama. Like, please don't come up to my school. Man, please don't. Yeah. No, because yeah. they used to talk about me because we had this big no smoking sign on our house. And <laughs> girl, you knew you our house was safe. Of... No, we're from Indianapolis. Oh, okay. Yeah. And okay. They, they knew our house was safe. They knew yeah. saved it and saved. So don't you dare go in the Mickle house like that. Yeah. Girl, don't play that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it brought this, brought you to this place today. You know, yes, to minister is. to people who are in the middle. You know, had you not had that experience or I had not had that experience, we wouldn't be able to minister to the people in the middle. So it's, it's definitely a blessing. Thank you, Latoya, for being on my show. Girl, it was a blast talking to you. I can't wait for our next episode. And stay tuned, folks. We may have a surprise for y'all. And if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl, click the link below, shoot me an email. And let's see what we could do with that thing. And you know what? While you're listening, you might as well subscribe. But until then, thanks for joining your girl, your one and only Worldly Church Girl.